as it was earlier for those of you that were here uh, when I first came up. Um, yeah, I lost something. Talk amongst yourselves. And I'm not going to find it. Anybody know any good jokes? Nice. Not here. Oh, well, I'll just wing it. <laughs> Shocker. Um, we're in the middle of a series entitled uh, Under Construction, Building God's Dream. And what we've talked about over the last few weeks is that God's dream is community. God longs for us to be in community. As God is in community, as God is a community, Father, Son, and Spirit in one, he longs for us to be so as well. I mean, it was something that was so cool for God. He's like, man, this rocks. I love this community stuff. Let's try it out somewhere else, basically. You know, he he created Adam. And remember we talked about this. I say it every week because, I mean, I really dig this part of it. He created Adam, and he's like, yeah, that's not good for Adam to be alone. And he created Eve, community, boom, right there. So in the beginning, that was his desire and his plan for us was to be in a community. That's where we find our strength and our purpose and our hope and our life. We've been talking about the church as a community and how important it is for the church to be a community of believers, of people that believe in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection and to live our lives according to that. You know, it didn't always go well for the church. There were times, I'm glad you're all seated for this, that the church got off focus. There were times in the past, not now, of course, but there were times when things went a little haywire with the community. There's a particular time that Paul talks about in one of his letters, in his first letter to the Corinthians, to the people of Corinth. If you have your Bibles open up, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and Paul is writing to these people And he's just desperate in what he says. I mean, Paul's a pretty passionate guy. We know this. If you've read anything about Paul, if you've come here, I talk about Paul a lot because I really love Paul. And I kind of, I see my middle name's Paul. That has nothing to do with it. But I see a little bit of my walk is similar to that of Paul's. And Paul's a passionate guy. I mean, he was passionate his entire life. He was passionate against Christ. And then once he had that, that experience with Christ on the road to Damascus, he was passionate afterwards for Christ. Dude was on fire for stuff. Verse 10. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I appeal to you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to stop arguing among yourselves. Let there be real harmony so that there will be no divisions in the church. I plead with you to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For for some members of Chloe's household have told me about your arguments, dear brothers and sisters. He's passionate. He's writing this, I appeal to you, I plead to you. Put aside these arguments, these differences. He cares so desperately and deeply about the community. The community. We'll get back to what Paul says. So here's the thing. Community is basically something where we find out who we are. We find our sense. We have this sense of longing to belong to something greater. And we feel that in a community. We fill it in whatever community. But we have this need, this desire to be a part of something. It tells us who who we are. It defines us. It helps to define who we are, the communities that we belong to. I brought something on stage this morning. Anybody know why I might have a broom on stage this morning? Shout it out if you know. That is not going to happen. 
I heard, I heard an angelic voice from the back. The Red Sox. Oh, yeah. If you follow the World Series in baseball, you know that the Red Sox are up 3-0 on the Colorado Rockies. And tonight, it is time to sweep the Rockies back into oblivion. Oh, yeah. Some of you are going, this is your first time, and like, seriously, is he talking about the World Series? And others of you are like, I can't believe I didn't see this coming. Yeah, the Red Sox. And, okay, the guy who shouted out the Sox was at the first service, so it was a little stacked, and he knew that. But at the first service, I held it up, and immediately somebody goes, Red Sox, woo! Oh, yeah. Some of you might have known that I was heading that way and talking about the Red Sox. You did. You just didn't want to say it because you're a Yankees fan. Some of you might have known that. And some of you might be Red Sox fans and be like, yeah. All right, I can't wait till 7 o'clock. Well, after 7, because I never throw the first pitch at 7. Can't wait for the World Series. Can't wait. Because there's this, I, I don't know if you know about this, but there is a community of people that call themselves, wait for it, the Red Sox Nation. It's an entire nation of people. People that love the Red Sox. People that follow the Red Sox, that know all of the players' names on the Red Sox, that know the history of the Red Sox, that know everything about the Red Sox. I count myself as a member of the Red Sox Nation. I remember the first time I went to Fenway Park when I was nine years old, and I sat three rows up from the third base dugout, and I saw them play the Kansas City Royals, of which Bo Jackson was a part of the team then. I remember that. I remember going to see them play the Oakland A's when I lived out in California, and Mike Greenwell was playing right field at the time. Oh, I loved it. Wade Boggs at third base. Bill Buckner at first. I cough over Bill Buckner, and some of you know why I cough over Bill Buckner. Because you're a Red Sox nation. It's a community of believers. I was watching a game the other night at, uh, at an establishment here in town. And I was, uh, m- me and my friend, it was a bar, get over it. Me and my friend were at another section and we were watching the game and we heard some people going, yeah, yeah, rooting for the Red Sox. And I had my hat on, so I went over there and started talking to him. Instant friends. Instant friends. It's like, oh, you're a Red Sox fan? Yeah, how come? Well, I lived in Connecticut and I went when I was nine years old. And I, how come you are? Well, my dad grew up in Massachusetts. And we share our life histories right there because there's this community that we find kind of purpose in. And let me tell you, there are people that find their entire purpose in the Red Sox Nation or in the the fellowship of former students, the association of former students. Sorry. Aggies went, ooh, wait a minute, you got to get that right. Yeah. It's not just pro teams. It could be college teams. Aggies, you all take it way too seriously. I consider myself an Aggie. Most of, a lot of my family has gone there. I went there as well until, y'all know this, Aiden and I decided it'd be good if we took a semester apart from one another. We kind of had a break up. We're still friends, though. But we have this community, and we have this, like, belief in it, and, and we, we have our, our meaning found in it, the Spurs. Ooh, don't start talking about the Spurs, Michael. I bet somewhere right now, in some part of the Northeast, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, wherever, there is somebody at church with Red Sox paraphernalia on. Yeah, okay, don't laugh because during the Spurs championship run last year, some of you had Spurs stuff on. You were wearing it to church. Spurs. There was a sign up in the office that said, Go Spurs, go, hanging on our bulletin board. I went and put a little sticky note that said, God, go, God, go. I'm not a big NBA fan. But we find our purpose in this community and we try to, we try to, 
we try to fit in. Like th- this is who we are. This is if the Spurs lose. Oh man, I tell you what. Some of you get so into your college teams, the Longhorns and the Aggies. If they lose on Sunday morning, you're in a bad mood. Not the Aggies because they're used to it. But the the Longhorns. If you lose, I have to even out the jokes really because I make fun of the Longhorns a lot here. So. You know, you come in and it's like you're in a bad mood and some of you won't even come because you're in such a bad mood. It ruins your day. Well, what's wrong with you? Oh, he's lost. The Longhorn's lost. Cowboy's lost. Whatever it is. Because you find so much, yeah, so much, so much purpose of your life is sometimes you don't intend to do it, but you do it. And it's not just athletics, it's politics. You find yourself in a political party, be it the right or the left or the libertarian or the Whig. Well, they no longer exist. But you find yourself in there and you're like, yes, this is all it's about. The, the right. We love the right. We hate the people on the left. Or we love the left and we hate the people on the right. And everything they stand for is bad and evil and wrong. And I can't wait to get George Bush out. I would die if Hillary Clinton became president. And you believe this. And you're so strong with it. Or there's these causes our communities, really, people that form around breast cancer and are going out there to, to end breast cancer. It's a wonderful thing to do. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. Great thing. But you just surround it. It's a community, and it's strong, and it's powerful, and it defines who people are. Here's a t- statistic for you. I couldn't say that at 930 either for some reason. Here's a stat for you. People today give the same amount of money to nonprofit organizations as they did 50 years ago if you adjust for inflation. They're giving the same amount. The difference is in 1950, in the 1950s, 52% of that money went to churches. Now it's a third because so much more money is being flooded to the 12th Man Foundation and to the Texas X's or whatever they're called. So much money is going to different organizations. Same amount of money is being sent out, but more of it's being spread. There was a a, a church consultant that came and spoke to some pastors, and he said every time he comes to Texas, he's amazed at the power of the 12th Man Foundation. That's why I mentioned it, because he mentioned it as well. He's amazed at the power of the 12th Man Foundation of how much money they can get from your church members. Some of you are like, ooh, I'm a Century Club member. But we rally around these things, and sometimes these things start competing. Sometimes these things start to take focus and to take, this is the thing that I care most about. This is the thing that I'm going to focus most of my attention on is this community because that's where I find all my worth. See, where I stopped right here with Paul, there's something going on in Corinth along these lines. There's a faction. There's different communities that are out there. And people are starting to put their faith and their trust in these communities, and it ticks Paul off. I think I was at verse 12. Some of you are saying, he says, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I'm a follower of Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. It says at verse 13, can Christ be divided? Can Christ be divided into pieces? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except for Crispus and Gaius. For now, no one can say that they were baptized in my name. I love this scatteredness about Paul right here in verse 16, a parenthetical thought. Oh, yes, I also baptized the family of Stephanus, and I don't remember baptizing anyone else. But on to what I was saying in verse 17. 
For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news. Not with clever clever speeches and high-sounding ideas, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. See, what was going on in the city of Corinth at the time is there were these people that would come in. There are these groups and communities that were forming around certain people. Apollos was a great speaker. He was like one of those guys that was on TV and that millions of people watched. They, they TiVoed Apollos' sermon every week, and they made sure to watch it. And they were followers of Apollos, and they started wearing little Apollos jerseys and little Apollos hats. And like, Apollos rocks! Yeah, Apollos is the man! He was preaching the good news. But it's about Apollos. And then there's Peter. Peter, oh my gosh, he walked with Christ. He slept with Christ. He was there in the garden with Jesus Christ. He was at the Last Supper. I mean, dude has some credentials. And people were following him. Follow Peter. And there's Paul, the guy that started the church in Corinth. The person who came to them and shared with them the good news the very first time. Paul, beloved Paul. People were following him, but here's the problem. They were following Apollos and Peter and Paul. They weren't following Christ. They were putting so much importance on those three men that they missed what it was all about. They began to form these communities, and it was like rival communities. Well, we're Apollos. Well, we're Peter, and we're the true believers. Well, we're Pauline people, and we are the true ones. All the while, they're missing what the community and what Paul is really talking about. He's like, was I crucified for you? No. Don't don't be in a community that says Paul. Be in a community that says Christ. Communities, we have this this need to be in a community to find out who we are and to have a sense of belonging to something. We have a need to be a part of something. God gave it to us and he created this beautiful, wonderful community, the church. Now, I was in that bar watching the game and I could immediately tell who the Red Sox people were. You know, I, I don't know if anyone in there, other than the people I was with, and even not all of them, were Methodists. I didn't see anybody going, yeah, Methodists, John Wesley. <laughs> Y'all know we have, like, never mind. John Wesley rocks. Yeah. J-Dub. I, didn't, I don't know if anybody in there, other than the people I was with, believed in Christ. We weren't walking around with a little, you know, whatever. My Jesus Christ starter jacket. That'd be cool. What community do you hold most important and most dear to you? What community is it that gives you your meaning, that gives you the sense of longing? Because here's the thing. I I, I love the Sox, and, you know, I, I hope they win. But if they don't, Oh, well, it's okay. Because they could win the World Series until Jesus comes home every year. World Series, World Series, World Series, World Series. And they could be the best team ever. And the Yankees could be the worst team ever, which would make all the Red Sox fans happy. Happy. It's Easter time, all right. But it doesn't matter because in the, in the grand scheme of things, I will never find fulfillment in Red Sox Nation. They will never be able to give me forgiveness. They will never be able to fill the deep need of longing that I truly have. They will never be able to give me grace or peace or love in the way that Jesus Christ can. Never. There is no group, not the Republicans, not the Democrats, 
not the Longhorns, not the Aggies, not the breast cancer awareness, not the literacy awareness. No group, no community that you belong to can ever give you what Jesus Christ can. Forgiveness and grace and peace and love, support. Nothing. They will all end. All of them. One day this building will no longer be here. One day Fenway Park, the, the sanctuary for Red Sox Nation, will be gone. Next year they are tearing down, at the end of the year, Yankee Stadium. It's gone. Kyle Field will one day be gone. Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium, way too long of a name, will one day be gone. They won't last. None of that will. But the community of Jesus Christ will. It has lasted for thousands of years, and it will not stop. No matter how many goofball preachers get up and give sermons that are stupid and sometimes hysterically funny and sometimes on the truth and sometimes in the right direction, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to end the community. I'm not. No one is. No matter how many people come against it, no matter how many people fight against it, no matter what force in this world tries to silence the message of Jesus Christ, it will not happen. Won't. That is the community. That is the community that you should find yourself in, that you should find your sense of purpose in. It is that community. No no other one can touch it. It's fun to be a part of those, don't get me wrong. I love rooting for the Sox. I love rooting for the Cowboys. I have some causes that I care about that I that I'm really love to support. There are different things in my life. I belong to different communities, but I know that none of them truly define who I am. None of them are the one that I base my life upon because I know the truth. I know the truth. The foundation of which I must build my life upon is the community of God, the body of Christ. Because that's what it's all about. And let me tell you something also. Membership doesn't matter. We have members joining today. (laughs) Now you don't. (laughs) Great, now you don't. It doesn't matter. I, I don't care if you belong to this church. I don't. I've said this before here. I say it to people I meet all the time. I don't care where you go to church. We're starting a coffee shop on McCullough that's going to be a ministry outside of our campus to try and reach people in a way that this building can't because it's an intimidating place to come. Some of you might remember that when you first started coming here until you found out this is what you found. But our purpose is to get people into a relationship with Christ and then to send them to a church home. I don't care if it's ours. I don't care. I don't care if you're a Methodist or a Baptist, whatever. Believe in Jesus Christ. Accept the freedom and salvation that Jesus Christ and his his death and resurrection offer. Belong to that community because that's the one. That is the one that will last forever. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for being a God who loves us so deeply and desperately that you are willing to send your son to die for us, to establish a community here on earth like none other, a community that will never end, that will never fail, 
a community of believers who come together in your peace and love and find strength and hope. We find forgiveness. Lord, we thank you for that and ask that you would fix our eyes upon that community. We thank you and praise you in your son Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Now at this time I'd like to invite forward the people.